Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi fans and welcome to another episode of Large Almond Latte. This week I have actually been inspired by myself and when I say inspired I really mean triggered into action because after I did that segment last week on personal finance I was overcome with this absolute fear that I am nowhere near ready to retire with two million dollars in the account by the time I'm 40. So I was like right I need to get rich quick and I started listening to this podcast Fake Errors. It's about a story that is true and didn't really get a lot of attention here, but basically this 20-something-year-old Russian girl swindles New York high society for millions. I was obviously completely inspired until in the end she got caught and had no remorse and turned out to be a complete sociopath who just didn't care that she'd screwed over her so-called friends. So now I'm kind of back to square one with my endeavors to get reach quick, but I totally recommend listening to the podcast. Today on the podcast, there's a new normal in town and with that are a whole lot of perks that I am 100% here for. Then I review the absolute classic from 2001, Fast and the Furious, OG. Of course, then I'll leave you with a pearl of wisdom, another life changer. It's definitely a new normal out there, but rather than dwelling on the shit things of which there are many... I've been looking for the positives, and fans, so have you. This week, I asked you in our Facebook group, which you can join by searching La Jam and Latte podcast, what you're enjoying about this new normal. And so we can feel like we're all friends, literally just out to brunch. I'm just going to drop the names of our friends and their comments throughout the podcast. And I am really excited about this new form of social communication. So make sure you slide into my DMs, comment on Facebook or Instagram, and let me know how this new friendship group works for you. So I will fall for anything that advertising tells me to. I'm such a follower of trends, which I'm aware is completely ironic because my proletariat job is literally to create ads for people to make them want things. Like, for example, Birkenstock shoes are not attractive at all, but advertising told me I needed them, so I bought them twice, like the first trend and then again the second time around. Yeah, I didn't learn the first time. I also wore a leather cap in the middle of summer. Why? Because FOMO and everyone else does. So the other day I was scrolling through, okay, actually let's play a game. You guess what app I was scrolling through. It's one of three, Instagram, Facebook or TikTok. It was Facebook. And I came across an ad for trackies and hoodies. And I was like, this cannot be real. Finally, an ad that isn't creating a want inside me. It's serving a want that I already have. A trackies? Cool. Can I wear them outside? And I was like, no, no, this is too good to be true. Then I was scrolling another app. It was... Instagram, and I saw another Trakian hoodie ad, this time for Camilla and Mark. 100%, it's confirmed. 
Jackie's a cool again. What a time to be alive. This is one step better slash more comfortable than active wear being a thing because a tracksuit waistband is even less judgmental than a Lululemon waistband. So as a result of advertising telling me that tracksuits are cool now, I've started going for walks in them, going to the supermarkets in my tracksuit, and I'm totally okay with it. Then I was thinking and I realized, you know what, like there's more than just tracksuits as a positive to this new normal. There are quite a few perks that I really want to enjoy while they last because they're not going to last. And yes, it's totally a double-sided coin. Some of these can also be negatives, like living in your trackies is definitely a slippery slope to just not getting out of your PJs all day, which isn't healthy. But we know this time is shit, so I'm just going to look at these little perks as pure positives or the new cool, if you will. Natural is the new normal, and for the lazy types like myself, this is one trend I can really get around. Actually, like speaking of lazy, my favorite quote is from Sher, and the quote is, I'm a hardworking lazy person. Anyway, I digress. Natural is the new normal, and it's the bomb. Like, I currently have, I don't know, a 10 or 11 day hair game going on. At this point, I wash my dog's hair more than my own, and I'm totally fine with that because no one's seeing me. I mean, Zoom is great, but it's not high def, and our internet in this country with everyone on Wi-Fi is really struggling. So working from home is allowing us to go days without washing our hair. I mean, our friend Jessie is keeping it slightly more together by only styling the front of her hair, but actually this just really makes me want to see the back of her hair. What is that looking like in comparison to a clean front? I know that everyone's heard this rumor, I guess, and I'm not a hairdresser, so I don't know that it's true, but I'm sure you're not actually meant to wash your hair frequently anyway. You're meant to let like the oils naturally do its thing. Plus, if you're not washing your hair economically, you are saving so much money on shower time and money buying shampoo and conditioner, which is great right now if your job is MIA or in jeopardy. Hair dyeing has completely gone out the window. Unless you have dark hair, then you can totally DIY. But if you're a blonde, a DIY Garnier pack from The Chemist is a hard no. If you're not convinced or if you're tempted, which I know you are because I am, just YouTube hair bleaching fails and you will change your mind quick smart. So in the absence of bleaching my hair, it's feeling super healthy. And I didn't have to pay $500 for this natural ombre job I've got going on. Although I do think it's fair to say that once this is all over, I will spend approximately $500 on my hair because just getting my roots done will be considered foils for long hair. I am loving not wearing makeup. So without makeup, without washing my hair, I'm saving like half an hour in the morning, which is great for extra sleep because I basically never grew out of that teenage Phase where you like to sleep all the time. I love sleeping. Also, my skin feels so much cleaner. Not having end of day mascara in my eye bag creases or foundation sunk into my pores. Sure, I look like a boiled egg without mascara or eyelashes, but I'm all about it right now because so does everyone else. And again, no one's seeing me. Skincare is a different matter. I would actually be quite stressed without my skincare routine. Again, because FOMO and I follow the crowd and the Mamma Mia Facebook group, You Beauty, has 
made me see that not doing a skincare routine every day is like not showering, which I know what you're thinking, but is definitely not something I have sacrificed during these new times. So now that I don't have to drive to work or wash my hair or put on makeup, my skincare game is totally peaking. And instead of online shopping for clothes, because honestly, if you're buying jeans right now, you really need to reassess your life choices, you absolute sicko. I'm doing heaps of research for skincare and shopping online for skincare. I recently purchased a Foreo, which... Oh my God, it's an absolute game changer. It's a vibrator for your face. And honestly, I am not sure that my face was ever clean before I started using this. I cannot recommend it highly enough. Also, online shopping in itself is so much more satisfying because Australia Post have no excuses. Like Polina said, there's no fake knocks like, oh, oh, I tried to reach you, but you weren't home. And then you have to walk 500 miles to the post office to get your parcel. You know I'm home, bitch, but I still don't have to get up and answer the door for you. Just leave it there. So ideal. I am literally getting excited right now thinking about these things. Oh, and this next one is just making me snacky. Food. It's all about enjoyment right now. It's a food-free pastime because when you're bored, you eat. When you're stressed, you eat. When times are uncertain, you eat or bake according to flour supplies. And then you eat all the muffins you baked because you have no one to share them with. You eat because it's comforting and there is no comfort in boiled chicken and plain rocket leaves. There is comfort in eating a whole garlic bread for dinner like Moni is doing or eating all five of your prepped meals in one day like May is doing. Plus, if you're supporting local cafes, they're definitely not making you boiled eggs and rocket. They're making you good, hearty, delicious, carbohydrated meals. If we can't enjoy the social aspects of eating with friends, we may as well enjoy eating itself. Yeah, so you might be putting on a few kegs in this time, but it's a result of enjoying your food and you're probably also exercising a bit less, unless you're going the other way and exercising all the time, in which case I kind of wish I was you. But for the rest of us, it's really hard to do 10,000 steps a day, even when you're confined to what feels like 10 square feet. You're not walking from the station to work or even from the car park to work. So it's so much harder. Personally, I'm not really a self-starter. I, like I have said several times today, I'm more of a follower and I need to be told when and where to exercise and have money taken out of my account to force me to do it. So the only way I'm exercising in these ISO times is if everyone else is doing a Zoom Pilates class, then yeah, I'll definitely do a Zoom Pilates class because FOMO. Of course, everybody wants to be peak fitness and healthy all of the time, but right now you can't be everything that you normally are and having a few weeks off your ideal strict routine isn't going to dramatically affect your overall outcome of life, I don't think, so just enjoy it while you can. Oh my God, I fully, I really hope I'm not sounding like an inspirational quote or trying to because that's literally my worst nightmare. Live, laugh, dance, dream. Anyway, it's not like you have to shred for stereo or any other upcoming event or date because there aren't any. Nobody's seeing you from the chest down right now, so it's totally okay to take a break. And 
I am here for that. Like, I know that the before and after ISO memes, you know, like the ones where everyone's like real skinny and hot in the before and then like all fat and disheveled in the after. I know they're a bit controversial, but memes are funny because they're relatable, right? And I find it really comforting actually that these are relatable because we're all going through the same thing. The rules of social interaction have also changed, and for an introverted extrovert, this is the dream. And every time I say that line, I get the song in my head, introvert, extrovert, doesn't matter. If you know, you know. If you don't, now you do, and you've got that song in your head. But right now, there's no social FOMO. Like, self-isolation is not new to me. In fact, it's integral to my brand. The only difference is formally and preferentially, it's on my terms. Like, I want you to invite me out, but I'm probably not going to come. But then I'll sit at home and have major FOMO about everyone being out at a bar or at Sunday bottomless brunch. Like, I want to be there, but I can't be fucked. Now you can have a party on a Saturday night and not even leave your couch. It's the best. Like someone DJs, you get house party going. Sure, you can dress up if you want, or you can be in your new Camilla and Mark trackies. You pay $12 for a whole bottle of rosé instead of $12 for just a glass. And you don't need to Uber home. It's just a quick walk to the bedroom. And there's your exercise for the day. Speaking of being social, drinking alone a fine line, this one, I guess, but it's no longer an outright concern. It is celebrated. Well, I'm celebrating it anyway because I've been doing it every day, except no every day. It's also another thing that you do when you're bored or you're stressed or times are uncertain. And you know what? It's not like you're driving home so you can get totally loose. Also, while you're exercising, there's no OHS threat. Like there's no potential lawsuit if you hurt yourself at the Pilates studio because you're doing it from home. So you can totally use wine bottles as your weights for your workout. Like curl, sip, curl, sip, lunge, skull, lunge, skull. Plus, sometimes I find if you're a little tipsy when you work out, it hurts a whole lot less. So there are really many wins to the drinking at home situation. It's definitely a new, strange kind of normal right now. And some days are long, some days are boring, and some days are really, really hard. But it will go back to normal eventually, and it will be a different kind of normal. But if we're going to be like this for six months, we may as well enjoy what we can from it because we won't be able to wear tracksuits in public when this is over. So make the most of it. I mean, Basically, 2020 has fucked us without lube, but at least you're getting fucked, right? All right, let's change gears. You'll get that pun in a second. Fans, you have asked for this, and now I am delivering the Fast and the Furious review. There are 10 films in this franchise. Not even all of them are released yet. Helen Mirren is even involved now, so you know it's high class. This franchise is the ultimate moneymaker. Even Chris Kardashian has sniffed out the coin potential and wants her family to be involved. That is absolutely not true, but maybe it is because where there's money to be made, there's Chris. But anyway, today I'm talking about the OG Fast and the Furious. This inaugural masterpiece was released in 2001, and honestly, I remember two things about it. One, seeing it at Chadston wearing gasp jeans that were so low, I had to keep pulling them up because they didn't even cover my ass crack. (laughs) Like, why did we put ourselves through these things? Because fashion and FOMO. Oh my God, I am such a follower. Anyway, the second thing is the scene where Paul Walker's driving super fast, trying to impress a girl who's sitting in the passenger seat. So he's staring her dead... 
uh, square <laughs> in the eye and not watching the road. And I definitely tried to reenact that scene so many times, obviously obeying the speed limit, but there was just no way I could not watch the road while I was driving. Paul Walker is so impressive. But actually, that scene isn't in this movie. It must have been in the sequel. So yeah, I, I was watching this again with virgin eyes and what a thrill. We open on a car chase, aptly. There's four souped-up black cars surrounding a truck, and they're robbing it. So what's in the truck? What's so important that they're risking their freedom and their lives to steal? It's DVD players. Oh, this movie has not aged well. Come on, really? Like, imagine going to jail for stealing DVD players and telling some 18-year-old inmate in 2020 what you're in for. Like, you'd 100% lie and say you were in for murder. Anyway, I know nothing about cars, so my description is definitely going to offend people, but the thieving cars appear to be black Supras with lime green lights underneath them and a sick spoiler. Basically... These cars and every other car in the movie look like the car your 18-year-old creepy friend picked you up from school in when you were 15. Okay, here's Paul and RIP, let's just take a moment. Okay, he's doing some driving around a racetrack in his lime green Supra, I'm going to say. I think this is to establish to the audience that he likes fast cars and driving. It's impressive, but not as impressive as his Face. Then he goes to get a sandwich from a shop and some other people turn up in their Supras, including Michelle Rodriguez. They're all very sweaty and they're not happy that he's at their sandwich shop. They're like, what is he, a sandwich lover? Then they start a fight with him. And then I'm reminded that this movie is nearly 20 years old because they call him the F word, which I cannot even say. Then Vin Diesel comes from out the back of the shop and threatens him and then leaves. After this scene, I am fully reminded that this script absolutely belongs in the bin and I should just watch the rest of the movie on mute. Okay, so now we're at a car meet and I know for a fact this is not how they are in real life. I've seen the news. People that go to car meets are bogans from Brody driving 1995 Commodores. But this car meet is full of grid girls, more Supras and Ja Rule. But he's not playing Ja Rule, but a Ja Rule song is playing. So... Who's singing the song? Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez enter, and I'm glad I haven't muted the film at this point because Vin starts flirting with some girls and Michelle is like, I smell skanks, which is the best line of the movie, and I totally remember that I do know this line now because me and my girlfriends in high school used to say it all the time if some girl came near us that we didn't like. Yeah, wow. We were not nice people at all. Because they're at the car meet, naturally, they're going to have a car race. So it's Paul, whose name is Brian, so we'll definitely be calling him Paul, Vin Diesel, Ja Rule, and some random. If Paul Walker loses, then the winner takes his car, but if he wins, he takes money and respect, because that's more important to some people. If Ja Rule wins, he's going to get a threesome. I also feel like this town might be on lockdown as well, because there are zero people on the streets 
anywhere. So they get ready to race and Paul pops in a CD and turns on like some oxygen tanks in the back seat. They go very, very fast. It's actually quite stressful how fast they're going. Paul Walker's winning, but then the bottom of his car literally falls out and Vin Diesel wins. Ja Rule doesn't get his threesome, but one of the girls call him the N-word. She's a white girl too. It's very stressful. And then the cops come and they all get in their Supras and disperse because they're all breaking social gathering rules. I don't know what happened to Vin Diesel's Supra, but he's running away on foot and he's about to get caught by the police, but Paul Walker picks him up and then they become best friends because Paul Walker saved him. But then they get hijacked by an Asian gang in snakeskin pants riding on motorbikes. The Asians don't like Vin Diesel because they had a business deal that went south. Also, Vin Diesel slept with the main Asian sister. Then the Asians run a machine gun over Paul Walker's car and it explodes. Devo. So then they walk all the way back to a party that looks so sleazy. Again, everyone is very sweaty. Like, they're sweaty all the time. It's so weird. Like, I don't know if it's meant to be sexy. Even on Vin Diesel, it is not sexy. So Vin Diesel announces to the gang that him and Paul Walker are now best friends forever. The next day, Paul Walker gets pulled over by the police who take him to an undercover house because, oh my God, Paul Walker is actually an undercover cop. It's a big sting operation to find out who the people are that are stealing the DVD players from trucks, which I don't know, feels like overkill, but okay. Because the thieves have such nice cars, they must be one of the gangs from the car meets. And that's why Paul's trying to get into Vin's gang. His bosses are like, we've told our bosses we're getting really close on this. So unless you solve it, like in the next few days, you won't make detective. Um, He has literally been undercover for a single day. Then on the way out, he's like, oh, I need another car. But who is providing these cars, I wonder, because all of the best car makers are in the street gangs. Vin Diesel and the guy who called Paul Walker an F-word, whose name is Vince, catch Paul Walker breaking into one of the rival gang's garages. Vince really hates Paul Walker because he's jealous that he's now Vin's best friend. Vince is like, oh my God, Vin, he's a cop. And Paul Walker's like, no, I'm not. I'm sussing out the competition for our next street race. You know I can't lose again. I need to earn that respect. Obviously, he's not. He totally is looking for the stolen DVD players so he can close the case and become a detective. And because they're like a gang and they do everything together, they all break into the rival gang's garage together and Paul finds the DVD players and it turns out that it's the Asian gang's garage. Wow. So the next day, Paul is busy banging Vin Diesel's sister and the hijackers hit again. So the police are like, right, we're going in. So they all go and raid the Asians. And at the same time that this is happening, Vin and Michelle Rodriguez are banging in his garage and she rips off his his Von Dutch shirt and they're both very sweaty, again with the sweat, and covered in car grease. And despite his rig, it's not even a hot scene. Like, I was talking about my friends with this scene, and they're like, it's the ultimate scene from the whole movie. For mine, it's highly unnecessary and just feels very dirty. So after they've caught the Asians, they're back at the undercover house and oh no, the DVD players in the Asian gang's garage were all purchased legally and everyone is mad at Paul Walker because this was his tip-off. Why they had that many DVD players, I don't know. Like, 
Maybe they also run an eBay business on the side. But either way, Paul Walker got it wrong, so it must be Vin Diesel's gang that's doing these robberies. I'm not really clear why they're all 100% sure it must be Vin's gang because there are literally hundreds of people at these car meets and there are other gangs such as Ja Rules and the Mexicans but I don't know the police are definitely sure and Paul is devo and also a little in denial because even though he's been undercover for like three days Vin's gang has really become his family so he can't fathom that they could actually be criminals but Paul Walker's like right I need to do the right thing and I really want to become detective, which he can only become if he cracks this case. So he's like, okay, Vin Diesel, I know you're not paying for these cars and all the cool stuff under the hood by being a mechanic and doing little tune-ups. So whatever you're doing, I want in. And Vin Diesel's like, okay, let's see how you do at Race Wars, then we'll talk. So it's the day of race wars, which is just another big car meet because all they do is go to car meets and have family dinners. And Paul Walker sees Vin, Vince and Michelle all drive off in the middle of the event, which is weird because they're going to be racing. And he's like, shit, they're doing a job. I've got to stop him. He's my family. So he finds Vin's sister Mia, who he's banging, and he blows his cover straight away so he can stop Vin from pulling the job. I really feel like he's not the best cop and he probably doesn't deserve to make detective. Like, undercover stings can go for months and it's not even been a week and he's already blurted out he's a cop and fallen in love with the guy who he's going undercover with sister. At this point, I'm really hoping that something else is wrong and that's why they've all left and it isn't actually Vin's gang breaking the law because I really don't want Paul to have to choose between his family and the law. But then we see Vin and the gang pulling up to their matching black Supras and it's definitely them that are the thieves. But then, oh my God, it clicks. The business deal that went south with the Asians must have definitely been something to do with selling the DVD players. Like maybe the Asians wanted to be legit, but Ving's gang wanted to make more money. Also, why isn't anyone selling these hundreds of DVD players at the car meets? There's so many people there and they're already illegal to hold. So what's illegal on illegal, right? Like these people are not business savvy at all. Anyway, Vin's gang are pulling this one last job and they're all like, this doesn't feel right, Vin. And it's not quite right because this truck driver happens to have a huge gun, but it's too late. Vince has already climbed out of his Supra and onto the front of the truck and he gets stuck there while the truck driver is trying to shoot at him the whole time. It's such high octane. Then Michelle tries to save him, but she's a rubbish driver and her car spins out. Then Vin tries to save him, but Vince's arm is caught and then Vin spins out. Oh my God, can the truck not just pull over? He's going to murder Vince over some DVD players. Then Paul Walker and Mia come to the rescue and Paul jumps onto the truck to free Vince while Mia is driving. Meanwhile, the truck driver's reloading, but he's too slow. Paul and Vince jump back onto Paul's car. Vince's life is saved, but his arm is cooked and he's been shot. Michelle and Vin have caught up and they're all gathered round Vince on the side of the road. Paul Walker calls an ambulance and he's like, this is Officer Brian. And oh no, now the gang know he's a cop and he's betrayed them. The hurt on their faces, you can feel it in your gut. It's heartbreaking. So once the helicopter comes and airlifts Vince to hospital, Vin and the gang storm off. Paul goes to confront Vin at his house and they point guns at each other. And then Mia comes out and she's like, stop it, it's over. 
Then the Asians come and they do a drive-by and shoot one of the gang members, Jesse. No, not Jesse. He's the sweetest little boy who builds cars and also has ADD. So Vin and Paul get in their cars and start chasing the Asians on their motorbikes. Paul catches one of them and shoots him dead and then he just leaves him on the side of the road to go for another drive slash race with Vin. Vin loses and he destroys his car. Then there are sirens in the background. The police are coming and it's time. Paul has to choose between the law and his family. And oh my God, what's he going to do? I don't remember. He chooses family. He chooses Vin. He gives Vin the keys to his car because Vin's destroyed his so he can escape. Paul Walker is a very bad policeman. It's confirmed. And that's the end. I give this movie a 6.5 out of 10. It's definitely a movie you can have on in the background. And like I mentioned, it's probably best if you're not overly attentive to the dialogue because it's rubbish. Will I review the sequels? I don't know, fans. That's up to you. And now it's time for a life changer. And keeping within the car theme, here it is. Ute is short for utility. Thanks for listening to Large Almond Latte. If you loved the podcast, you can subscribe on Apple and give us five stars if you're feeling super generous or follow us on Spotify. You can join the low involvement discussion by following us on Instagram at Large Almond Latte Podcast or join the Facebook group at Large Almond Latte Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.